Hey everybody, welcome to the Cast. This is the podcast where we talk to people for and or from the Midwest. I'm your host, Charlie Barons, and we are brought to you by Jolly Good Soda. Hey everybody, <laughs> welcome to the Cast. We've got a pretty special episode today, if I do say so myself. Nate Bargatze is on the uh, podcast. He's an incredible comedian, been one of my favorites for a long time. His new special, Hello World, is on Amazon Prime. Um, you can see Nate on tour. He's touring right now. We had a really, um, really good uh, conversation just about comedy. I think we went deep in the <laughs> deep in the comedic weeds. Colleen, what do you think? I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. You haven't listened to it yet? No. Oh my god! Hannah did the edit. I'm going to do the final pass. Oh, so geez. yeah, but I'm super excited, and I know you did. Well, Hannah said the same thing. She said it is very like comedically based like you guys talking about comedy yeah we went in the weeds but i think it was really fun and especially i know there are a lot of uh comedians who listen to this podcast and i think they'll really enjoy sort of getting the um kind of the inside uh scoop a little bit the inside baseball on you know sort of even stuff that he struggles with as a comedian now being at at literally the top of the uh, comedy game so it was really interesting for me to hear you know being much lower than he is but Oh, that, mid, that Midwest self-deprecation. You no, gotta love it. That's just honesty when we're talking about Nate. Um, I suppose, but, yes. No, he's really great, and I've seen his stuff um, for, I mean, I've seen it for a while now on Netflix. He has he has a bunch of specials on Netflix, but his new one's on Amazon Prime. Um, I've always really enjoyed his very dry, like, matter-of-fact delivery. I think his deliveries, I haven't seen that in a lot of people. Yeah, that's how you know a great um, joke writer, though, is when they can be like, you know, when they can... And it's not to say not all great joke writers deliver this way, but the way he delivers is so subtle and so nuanced that Mm -hmm. he really lets uh, the words get the punchline, not as much the emotion or the um, like the theatrical presentation. Yeah, he just like lets it out. He like lays it out there. And yeah, I really like the way he does his stuff. It's funny ever since like that um, interview, even though I wasn't there, uh, my TikTok feed has been like nonstop Nate Bergazzi clips. Oh, really? Bregazzi? I keep saying it wrong. It's a, I make it Italian. Bregazzi. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it would be Italian. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's been like, I've been having a ton of Nate clips on TikTok. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, what, why is that? Why do you get more of those clips? Were you just searching for it? I don't know. I feel like the phone listens. The phone does listen, for it's, sure. I Like that for sure happens. Um, and I think probably because like, I follow you and other comedians. So oh. if I'm on like the comedy side of TikTok... Got it. Got it. That probably happens. <clears throat> it's but. all listening. So everything's listening all the time. Um, how was your weekend and what did you get Molly for Mother's Day? Oh, thank you for rescuing me from the rabbit hole I was about to go yeah, down. Yeah, no, I don't want to. It's too Mother's early Day was very fun. Me and John got mom a bird bath. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice little bird bath. Nice. So, um, you know, the birds will be able to bathe all summer long in my mom's garden. So there That's you so go. Nice. It was it was very fun. We had a... Uh, all the kids were there except for Nora. Nora um, was visiting her boyfriend, Tall Potter. Um, What's his name? Uh, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Call Sean. back if you've seen the Sisters Podcast Part 2. Sisters Podcast. Yeah, I did not know Nora's boyfriend's name. They had been dating for a year. But, yeah, my sister's getting married to a fellow comrade. I didn't know comrade's name for a long, long time either. Yeah. You got to kind of, you know. You guys have a lot of siblings. For me, it's like I know everything about my one sibling and his wife. So, like, 
That's yeah. that. Um, but Bridget's home. Bridget is back. My other sister, Bridget, has yeah. returned from Ireland, the prodigal son. We had um, pizza for her the other night. But it was, uh, yeah, it was a fun weekend. Yeah. So, uh, nice. yeah, did you do anything? What did you do? Um, I was the daughter that didn't go home. So I had immense guilt because I didn't go home for Mother's Day. Not going home for Mother's Day. <laughs> At what age... Do you stop going home for Mother's Day every single Mother's Day without question? Well, considering that it's just like my brother and I, it feels really hard when like 50% of the people are there. Yeah. Like, well, imagine being Nora when 95% of the family was there and you're the only one. Yeah, there. but like the 5%, like you have 95% there. Like you guys have more. So if one person's gone, it's fine. But like if it's just my brother and I. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm gone. That's 50%. Yeah, that is a lot of pressure that smaller families yeah. put on their children. My mom didn't do anything, but I was like super, <laughs> just look at God. I was super emotional this weekend uh, just because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm home. I haven't been home since Christmas. Well, you could have driven. You could have right, made, actually, made the drive. Too. I know, but I'm going out. Like, it's just, it was like. It was too much. So much. My yeah, grandma, I mean, forget your mother only gave birth to you, you know. <laughs> My grandma and I were on the phone. I FaceTimed her and she's like, are you home right now? And I was like, no. And she's like, oh, I figured you would have gone home yeah. for Mother's Day. And then I was like, okay, Mary, like, shut up. I feel bad enough. Or at the very least, gone down to see your grandma. Which I did. Oh, you did? I ended up going to have dinner with her. You had so much guilt about not seeing your mom, yes. you went to see your grandma. Yeah, and I went to go visit them, and they live in a new, like, um, old person's community. Is that the proper nomenclature for that? <laughs> or is was. that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a retirement community. Yes, thank you. My... <laughs> My grandpa, my no-no, which is Italian for grandpa, he uh, he's a big hit with all the ladies. Is he? Yeah. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. And my no-no's like, okay, go away. Like, go enjoy. Go walk around. Oh, So, wow. yeah, they're loving the new digs. And, um, yeah, so it was it, fun it, to see them. It's almost like uh, kind of, you know, you're at home for a very, very long time, and then you go off to college, and there's this whole new dynamic sort of in the dorm. Is it is it kind of like dorm life over there a oh, little a bit? Thousand. My dad says the same thing. My Both my grandparents, I don't think they graduated high. They're from Italy, so they, like, came over and immediately started working, and they, like, never went to college. They never had that, like, experience. Yeah. And so as soon as we get there, like, my no-no, he's 80, and... He, he was in this old house for like 42 years. And so they had like their, their routine. But now that he's like with all of these other people, he's like walking twice a day. He's out like <laughs> being like the mayor. I love that dynamic that your no-no is just out there like just, you know, just <laughs> looking at the menu, you know. Literally. So. <laughs> I'm going to have a new grandma. I'm so excited. <laughs> and with that, let's get to our conversation with Nate Bargetti. So Bridgestone, so that's, I was just talking with your assistant about that's a home homecoming show. So do you have like everybody coming out of the woodwork asking for comps and stuff like that? Oh yeah, dude. It's uh, it's like a big thing. It's yeah. like a crazy, you know, I mean, but we don't, they, you know, cause I got her and my wife and I got another buddy cause I got a lot of high school people cause I'm yeah. from, so, uh, they've done really good at like, uh, balancing it out. And, you know, so it's been, you know, cause of the, uh, we got the comps and for a lot of people and then, uh, but every, everybody, I think it's been pretty good. I haven't had to deal with it. So that's been, well, that's good. They've yeah. stopped hitting you up for the comps. They just, yeah. they yeah. know the proper channel. They know where that. to go now. They know where to go. Uh, that's cool. Um, I, I, 
have you done you've done a ton of big spots obviously like from a comedy perspective you know doing a a big theater like that do you prefer it um do you still like a small comedy club at the end of the day uh they're all just kind of separate it's i would say you know like so bridgestone's gonna be an arena and like i just did where the ppg uh where the pittsburgh penguins play yeah i mean it's very very big and so there's there is a little bit that you feel like you're like how can i entertain this many people uh so you kind of have that there's always like an imposter feeling you have where you think like who are they here to see it doesn't feel like it could ever be you yeah uh, but the arenas do feel great but yeah i mean a theater like a I mean, they're they're all got their own special kind of thing. I think like a comedy club. I mean, a, a theater like the Ryman is like a perfect theater, and it's like twenty five hundred seats or something like that. Uh, something like that, you know, that range, maybe three thousand in the two to three thousand is like a. It feels that feels like a real show, and it's uh, it, it feels it feels just great. But they all have their things that you're like, well, this is great. This is great, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, when you do a theater that big, you've always got pockets of somebody laughing at something, which kind of helps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're getting up. Yeah. You're watching. I mean, you do feel like you can sometimes see. I always have it very dark, uh, so I can't see out. Oh, uh, you do that. On, that's your preference. Yeah, I like it dark because it's like I'll look because, you know, if it's real bright and then it's like feels like obvious I'm looking at someone, it, you know, it's like uncomfortable. Plus, then you see that that one guy who's just like this the whole whole show. Oh, we I shot I did a one of my first TV things was comedy.tv and the people they got in, they uh, they had them a guy. They just had the same crowd sit in for this taping, this TV taping. So they were there for like eight hours. Oh, brutal! Watched, like, yeah, I mean, a thirty comedians, and so I just watched <laughs> the guy. I mean, he was just furious. <laughs> um, he just sat and was just never laughed at a joke, uh, you know. And you're just and you really and I, I mean, there was you know a thousand people there, but you you find those that one. I find that one guy. Yeah. That's all you see after, you know. I know. Have you have you seen Almost Famous? Yes. You remember when he's like, I find that one guy that's not getting off and I get him off. Do you remember yeah. that line? Yes. I find if I find that one guy who's not getting off, I go through all this childhood trauma in my head. You know, I'm like, that's my dad staring right at me. I know. It's got to look like I didn't clean the basement or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. You that's what the you know, you never want to like usually it's like Sometimes you gotta be like, yeah, some people don't laugh. Some they're not gonna be a crazy laugher or whatever. There's a million different things they could be enjoying the show, but it is hard not to just be like, how do I get this dude? And you, you're change. I've, I'll change my act. Like in the, the <laughs> middle of it, you're like, all right, all right, he ain't liking that. Let me, let me try this. Yeah. And you know, there's 999 people that are like, we're having a great time. Yeah. And I, I gotta make a point. I gotta make a point to this guy. Who might yeah. at the end of it be like, yeah, yeah, I had a good time. I just was, you know, not smiling. <laughs> like, or, all right. Yeah. Or he's like, yeah, I'm, 
I've got hearing problems and my aids aren't working. So, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> all, right, all right. That's cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's like uh, having a YouTube video or a special out and having a million amazing comments. But that one person who said, or those 10 people who say those 10 things, you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew I wasn't, I knew I wasn't worth any of this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Reading that stuff is, it's hard and it's hard not to do it. Like I'll, I'll go through it and I'll do it. Cause sometimes you, even if you read too much good stuff. Can oh be yeah. And so it goes both ways. Uh, but it's, it's, it, it's hard not to look at it. You want to look at it. Uh, but you gotta have the balance. You know, I was like, so I'll, I'll, after the special or I'll, I'll, I can get through a phase where I'll be like, all right, let me just check and see what people are saying. Yeah. And then I'm like, I got to get out of it. And you know, then I'll try to back it off because it's not a good phase to be in. No, no, it's a very, um, I put myself out there. And if this doesn't go well, it's all downhill from here kind of a phase as yeah. opposed to thinking about how to be creative for the next phase, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. Uh, um, why, why did you decide to do in your latest special to do like, the round and was that more difficult like in the edit after the fact uh yeah i mean the it's definitely edited differently because of that uh i like the round so that that i've performed at that place a lot i like i like performing in the round uh because i don't move around a lot anyway but when you're in the round you got to kind of make a circle yeah and so it makes you move around more and uh, like I can kind of pace in a circle and I just kind of like it. Uh, I wanted to with this special is like, hey, I, I love that venue. That's where uh, Carlin uh, shot his special this, where he said the seven dirtiest words. Yeah. Yeah. Louis K shot a special there. And so it's kind of a big place to shoot a special, like a legendary kind of place. And so I wanted to. I wanted to not not to shoot at me comparing myself to them, but it worked out that I haven't been back to Phoenix. And so it was like in that place has had these great specials and it's always looked awesome. And then so I was like, that's why we chose there. Uh, and then in the round, I watched Carlin's special. I've watched it before, but I watched it again that week. And so what made me think about even showing the audience was in Carlin's special, the way they had it lit up because his was shot like 77 the way they had it lit up was uh, it's you could see the crowd and they're they're pretty lit up. Yeah. Like you can see the crowd in mine, but I mean his is like you can see the crowd. I mean it's the the light they didn't have the lighting that they had but that they do now. And so uh, but I kind of like that. I was like, I like that you can see the crowd. And you know, the, my last special was outside because of COVID and they had masks on. So I kind of wanted to do one showing people like having fun and laughing. And yeah. uh, and capture <laughs> all of that. So that was a big. It all just kind of came together, timing wise, and lo, you know, locate that. I was like, oh, this will be perfect. Let's do it there. Yeah, it's always. Um, I mean, you got to have a lot of confidence in yourself, obviously, in your jokes and all that, because you know, if a joke doesn't do well, even if a lot of people are laughing, but a few people are like, you know, doing this again, then you can see that, you know, and sort of that oh, round thing. Yeah. Did, did you have some, did you have a guy in there that, that ruined any shots? Cause yeah, yours was kind of a little out of focus too. I think I remember, I don't, I don't remember that well though. We had, uh, uh, we the had audience, not you audience. Yeah yeah. 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 You can't, they would be able to tell who they are. You can tell they are, but it's not like it's a super sharp. Yeah. 
but we didn't have anybody mess up. We had there was a couple things. There was like maybe uh, there's some exit signs we might have like kind of tried to cut away from, or we had a laugh that was kind of like very noticeable. And so we had to kind of mess with that a little bit. Uh, and uh, the person like, that did that laugh, the, his daughter was reached. We mentioned it on the podcast, on my podcast. And uh, his daughter was like, I, that's my dad. So <laughs> She knew it. She knew it. And she's like, yeah, he has. And he was just like near the microphones. It was, you know, the guy was having a good time. Uh, but it's one of those you're like, we can't. It's going to be tough to have it in the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I would stare at this. Like, I had both shows. It was like I stared at two people each show. And I can notice them when I see, when I go back and watch this. But it's like you're making this circle. And I would almost, like, that was almost my bearing. Because I would make my way back <laughs> to this one girl I would look at. She had a very big smile. And so you could see, like, her teeth. And it was, and so I kind of was like, she was easy to kind of spot. And so every time I would come back, I was just kind of like, I could get kind of check in on her and get my bearings. Yeah. You go make another lap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially for someone who likes it all dark too, that's kind of a, an interesting choice as well. It was very different. It was something that I was not, uh, would not have been normal. It, my normal shows are not like that, but I knew it would look great. Yeah. 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 Um, by the way, I, I think I remember, um, I was golfing with John Christ one time and, uh, he was telling me that, uh, I think he was using your balls that you got him with his name and phone number on them. <laughs> so if, if he lost them, uh, people would have access to that. And, uh, Oh yeah, I got him. Uh, I mean, I gave him like four dozen golf balls and I put his phone number and cause he gave me golf balls too. We both did it kind of to each other okay not knowing he okay. gave me my he gave me golf balls that had all my credits on it uh <laughs> my name and yeah. then i gave him golf balls and i had his phone number on them but i gave him two dozen and then i also gave two dozen to two of the worst golfers i know <laughs> and they go play much different courses yeah. <laughs> so i was like these balls will be lost in maybe one trip uh, so those are the ones I was the most excited about. Cause you know, his John might go play somewhere nice. It's not going to be that bad if someone calls you, but like you can go play some other courses. It's going to, you know, I don't <laughs> these know guys are doing the par three courses. Yeah. 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 It's <laughs> yeah. It to the park nearby, you know, just some kid <laughs> on a swing set season. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. hilarious. That's great. I think he was playing with it that time, by the way. So he's, oh, uh, yeah. You know, I like that he wasn't. Yeah. yeah. He makes you really look for that ball. He's like, yeah, I know. I like elongated the game by like two hours. Um, where did you get your start in comedy? Where'd you like come up? I so I was in Nashville. I moved well, I didn't start in Nashville. I moved to Chicago first. Mm -hmm. Uh so I was I, I took a comedy class, comedy college in Chicago. I moved there with a buddy, and then uh I started there with like Hannibal Burris and Pete Holmes and uh, TJ Miller, Kamel Najiani, like there's a big group of us that were kind of there. Yeah. And Pete moved to New York and then I moved to New York right after Pete. Uh, so I was in Chicago for about a, doing comedy probably a year and a half, two years. And, and then did you know comedy then or were you like doing mics and stuff there? I was doing mics. I'm not, I was taking a comedy class. Like, oh, okay. I didn't know, like, I didn't really know what to do. I went there and took 
some classes at Second City. And yeah. uh, but I didn't really like improv. And the guy I moved with, he liked improv. So he kept doing that. And then I just took a comedy class and started doing stand up. And then we just do they had a the Lions Den was this famous mic they had that would last. It was like the longest running. I think it's done now. But at the time, it was the longest running mic, and uh, so a lot of comics would go on. And and then after, and then comedian came out. This Jerry Seinfeld documentary. Yeah. So if people around my age, that was a giant movie for us for comics, because it was like once that movie came out, we were all like, "All right, we got to go to New York." Like I, I think there, New York just saw a group move. So we all watched that and we're like, well, we have to go now. And so we moved. That's when I moved to New York. And then I did exactly like Pete Holmes at a show. Uh, yeah, I saw it. Uh, with so the I, I, Yeah. So I did that with Pete. So I did that show. It was very interesting seeing that show because it was, you know, that I was with Pete and we were barking at that Boston Comedy Club. And was that... Um... Like, do you look back at like those days of barking and everything like that with sort of like the, oh man, those were the, those were the good days before I made it, you know, kind of a thing. Or are you like, no, I'm, I'm cool where I'm at. Those were, I look back very fondly at those days. I mean, probably like someone would look back at college or something, you know? Right. Uh, those were the New York days. I look back as like, that was it, it, I felt like right when I left New York is I could look at like it got felt like it got more serious. Yeah. It, but it was that was like the the drinking days the you're out to five in the morning days. I mean, I'm doing five minute spots for two people and all these things that, yeah, I don't want to go back to. I would never go. <laughs> but they they made who, who I am today. The crazy thing is like doing this Bridgestone show is I when I would bark and hand out flyers, like, you know, you would daydream about, like, could I play, you know, one day playing Bridgestone? And so I that's I look very fondly back on them because I, I do distinctly remember standing out on that corner in 20-degree weather, handing out flyers, being like, got a great show, and then uh, trying to get people to go watch the show. Uh, and, you know, but then you would daydream about, like, can you imagine if I got to – you're just daydreaming how big, you know, could I get big? Could I whatever? And uh, so it's pretty wild to be like next week is like kind of like that's it's kind of getting checked off. That's so cool, man. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Do your style, um, you know, it's like you said you don't move around a lot. Like you're not like super big in, um, in your like delivery on anything. Is that kind of how your style has been throughout your career or did you start off trying to do like how somebody else does comedy and then find your voice over time uh yeah i was i was always pretty low energy i guess dry and uh i never moved around a lot uh i definitely was trying to find my voice i mean i was always slow like a lot of comics tend to be they talk pretty quick when they first start and they talk too fast yeah. and i never really had that problem just because being from the South and talking slow, like I don't think I could ever talk fast enough. Uh, so that was a, an advantage of having that. I didn't have to worry about that. Cause that's a, that's something that a lot of people struggle with is cause they, you know, they just pound through these jokes and you're nervous. So you, when you're first starting, you're just saying everything so quickly uh, and you got to slow down. And there's times where I think I'm flying 
And someone's like, no, not, me. <laughs> not even close to uh, So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was about, it was New York is when I started slowly. I kind of learned how to write jokes first before I think I really figured my voice out. I mean, kind of figure your voice out. You figure it out pretty late. I, I, I think you figure your voice out early or you figure jokes out or like it's either one or the other. Like some people just have a voice. And so they kind of, when they're there, they're just funny. And the way they say stuff, they're funny. And then there's other comics where they can have good jokes, but you could tell they're, you know, like Kurt Metzger was always someone that was <laughs> very funny, great joke writer. But at the beginning, when I would see him, like he wasn't the most likable on stage, but his jokes were like insane. Yeah. And so it's like, it was fun to watch him like, well, this, this has got to connect at some point, you know? And then when he got it to both connect, it's like, then he became the comic that he is. It's just this great comic, but yeah, you slowly figure out stuff. You try not to, I would, you, you can also sound like people. That's the big one. Uh, a lot of people sound like David tell in New York and uh, especially around my time. And so you got to kind of, get that rhythm stuff out of you. Like you don't want to watch too much Brian Regan. You can do, you can sound like him. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be, but the beginning you, you kind of always sound like someone. Yeah. Even the, the physical, I remember I was going through like, uh, you know, Bill Burr kind of phase for a little bit during some of the, and I just realized I started to like hold the mic stand and like lean on it, you know, just like he does. And I was watching some tapes back. I'm like, Oh man, that's like a really bad impression. You know? rocking it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the rock, yeah. the lean. Yeah. Dan, uh, Soder went through a big burr phase. Oh, he, yeah. Like he would get on the, I mean, he would get on it because it was like uh, we were just seeing burr so much and he would just rock it and drill into that. And uh, so I remember we would, we'd all kind of keep an eye on each other too. Like, you know, just so like it's like hey dude you're doing this thing because sometimes you don't know you're doing right right and but you got to be you got to be aware and then sometimes then you can also have another buddy come up and be like hey i'm just letting you know you're, <laughs> it looks like you're doing an impersonation of burr up there so just you know and, and you're like i bet i am then you realize you're like i definitely you're just very influenced because yeah you're seeing these comics, you know, you only cut before I started comedy. Like I knew, you know, Seinfeld or Cosby or Sinbad. You only know like famous people. And then once you get into comedy, like Burr was a big deal for me. Cause I saw Burr go from, I mean, I barked to him at Boston comedy club when he was, uh, he was running his first letterman set and he came to me and I was like, you you know, you'd always be so embarrassed if you accidentally, you just turned and try to hand a flyer to a comic. Yeah. <laughs> You're like mortified, you know, I've been doing comedy for a year or two years or, and, uh, but then Burr, I was like, I'm sorry. And then he was like, he's like, you know, he doesn't care. And then he's like, I'm, I got to run a set. He's like, do you know, uh, any places to do comedy? I mean, I know, you know, I'm an open micro, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. And, so I, Burr was a big deal for me. I saw Burr from like his first Letterman to I watched people figure out Burr. I went to his HBO one night stand taping. I saw like he how much he murdered on that HBO one night stand taping. I saw his like we were, we'd go to Caroline's and watch him. No one was there. 
And then the next year, they wouldn't even let us come in to watch them because it was too crowded. Like, they were like, you can't come. Uh, and so, like, he's always been someone for me that was, like, the guy above me that you're – like, I didn't know who he was. I moved to New York, and then you see him, and you're like, this is nuts. And then you just watch him just skyrocket to where he is now. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those guys, too, that I think – I mean, I've – I've seen him at the store a few times back when I was doing that. I feel like he works a lot of stuff out on stage. Um, yeah, yeah. Is that um, kind of, do you do any of that? Or are you like tight to the joke? Um, and you may have a couple variations, but it's pretty much on paper before you take it to stage. Or do you like figuring stuff out on stage? Uh, I do it all on stage. I've never written out anything. I write like a, like a note, like, you know, like if I think of a joke, yeah, some stuff last night, like uh, I'll type in like the notes or, you know, I write, uh, I always have a note card. Yeah. I'll fill out a note card every, I've done that since 2003 or something, but I write my set list out on a note yeah. card. Just and the word that'll describe word. what you're talking yeah, yeah. about. And then, so a lot of the note cards are the exact same because I'm doing, but then they, you know, they change. And, but, uh, I, I feel like that was, I don't, I mean, look, I think a lot of people I work stuff on stage, but in New York, it was like, especially back then, you could go up so much. You could do open mics. You could do so many shows a night that I think everybody kind of did it on stage because it was like, you were just able to go up every night. Right. So you would just do it. And then, I mean, and once you get past at the clubs, it can start working. I mean, then you're doing, you know, you can do four people did 12 shows or set. I, the most I ever did was seven in one night. And so it's like you could go like hammer out a joke very much, you know, in a week because you could just be, I'm going to say it every night. And then you just think of the wording. Yeah. So I've done it like that. Yeah. I think New York's um, a much better place to do that. I mean, I did a lot of my open mic stuff in LA and you can, you go to like two mics, three mics a night, but then one mic you can't get up at. And then you're, you know, spending like, an hour, hour and a half in a car to the next night to the next yeah. mic. And then you can't get, whereas at least in New York, you know, it's a little bit more uh, friendly for that kind of thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You're closer and it's more bouncing around and like, yeah, you can get around. Yeah. I know LA is not, uh, it's, it, it, I mean, and that's what it is. It's just different kind of things that you gotta do. You, at least it's like, you try to get up every night. I mean, no matter what, it's like getting on stage every night, whether it's multiple times or one time, but it's like trying to at least get on every night. And then a big part is when you can get in front of real people. Yeah. Because these open mics and you're doing with comics, it's hard to, you need to work on a joke. Like you need to learn how to make a joke good. And open mics kind of like, you don't really get a chance to do that because you're like, you can do the joke twice and then you're like, all right. I mean, it's the same people. And, right. And no one's even looking listening to you and they're just writing in their notepads or whatever yeah so you've, you you got to write a lot more new stuff but you need to learn how but it's like when you're young you need to learn how to make a joke good folks summer is here well not quite spring is here summer is coming but what better way to celebrate than with jolly good soda the best soda this side of the mississippi or that side of the Mississippi, but you can only buy it in stores in Wisconsin. However, if you go to jollygoodsoda.com, you can get all that soda you want 
shipped to your house. You bet your ass. And they've also got soap. Jolly Good Soap. <laughs> and they got t-shirts and a whole lot of stuff. Check it out. JollyGoodSoda.com. And also, folks, Fleet Farm. I want to give a big shout out to Fleet Farm. Uh, Fleet Farm's got everything. If you, everything you need or don't need for summer, mm-hmm. you go to the Fleet You know, here's how it works. You go to Fleet Farm for something that you need, and you leave with a bunch of stuff you don't need, but you're happier that you got it. You're so right. Yeah. I think um, looking at the house, cripe sink, um, I think we could get some flowers going. I think, and that we can definitely get some like hanging baskets from Fleet Farm. Um, I think it'd be nice if we got some nice decor here. Yeah. That's a very good thought. Yeah. Very good thought. Yeah. Am I going to go out and do that? No, I feel like if you just give me your credit card, I'll go get some stuff. I think we could do some nice really? decorated. Yeah. You want to do that? I would. I feel like we have, I mean, we have great dandelions going in the in the front yard right now. Why not match it with some flowers? Uh, well, dandelions are flowers. Yeah. But so I was just going to say. Free I think, flowers. I think it'd be nice if we got some hanging baskets. We don't really have to, like, they kind of take care of themselves. Yeah, that's true. And no, that's hey, this is mi casa y su casa. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I think we could do that. And then, I mean, when I was, when we were doing the gardener's video last year, um, they had like really good, they have a really good greenery in our area and stuff. That's where I got all the flowers. From yeah, they last do. Year, so. And the, the soil and all that stuff. And actually, oh, I, I got a new bird feeder. So I got to get over to Fleet Farm anyway to get some, um, to get some different types of bird seed. Mm. Yeah. What kind I, of bird are you trying to attract? A merganser? Because apparently no. mallards are basic is what I got told. Yeah. Colleen sent me, she was shopping this weekend. She found me a picture of uh, two ducks and she said, oh, you like birds. How about these? I was like, those are mallards. Um, they're a <laughs> little a basic snob. for my wall. You're a bird snob. I mean, if you did send me over pictures of mergansers, but no, to get back to the bird feeder, yeah. um, if they've got, someone told me that they had a uh, flaming tanager was spotted. What's that? Uh, it's a, t- a tanager around here. We get scarlet tanagers this time of year. I haven't seen one yet. I'm a little bummed about that. But um, um, it's just this beautiful orange bird. Mm. Um, and it kind of must have flown off course, unfortunately. Um, but Is it, it landed around here. supposed to be over here? No, it's supposed to be a southeast, uh, or I'm sorry, southwest, like Arizona, oh. I think. That's what I heard. I didn't do much research on it, so don't hold me to that. Anyway, long story short, going to get on over to the fleet farm, get some bird seed. While Perfect. I'm there, probably pick up some fishing gear, because that's kind of what I do. And then if you can always get some like trail mix, that'd be nice. I'd appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you bet. Hey, yeah. anything for... Also, can you stop by the You Betcha place and get a shirt? I would like a, a <laughs> You Betcha shirt. Oh, yeah. You can get Mantuak Minute merch over there. <laughs> Where's another place we can get Mantuak Minute merch? <clears throat> oh, MantuakMinute.com or CripesCast.com. Best way to support the cripe, the CripesCast podcast. Go to CripesCast.com. Oh, <laughs> if you want to support the Christ guest, go to Christguest.com, hit on the merch or go to mantalkminute.com. You'll end up in the same place and you can shop all of your Midwest merch needs. That's right. We've got sweatshirts, you know, that you can cozy up around the campfire with that say, oh, tell your folks I says hi. Keep her moving up north and the Wisconsin flag hoodie. Uh, we've also got a t- ton of T-shirts with all those slogans on them. Um, new Supper Club shirts are in the mix. So mm-hmm. check those out. And uh, cribbage boards, you know, the whole deal. And Colleen, there's another way people can support the Cripes cast if they're so interested. There is. 
Patreon. I know. I just was like, oh, <laughs> you were doing a fake toss. I don't to know. Me. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you go to patreon.com slash Charlie Barons, you can get behind the scenes, deleted scenes, uh, fan Q and A's. Um, we should do that this month. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. I'm let's down do to that. do that. And uh, yeah. All right. Let's get back to my conversation with Nate. What was um, the first joke that you wrote that you're like, all right, this is, this is what I needed. This, do you remember that? Like your first good joke? I think my first big joke was like this Superman joke uh, where I was like with Superman, like there's a bird, there's a plane. Uh, no, it's Superman. And I'm you know, like, what's with that guy's eyesight? Like that guy can't tell the difference between a bird or a plane. Yeah. Like something along. It was like that. Yeah. Uh, and this was forever ago. But that was, it was that one. And then there was another like, they were all kind of like easy jokes, like my accent. I'm from the South. Someone's like, you know, uh, I, I say I'm from Tennessee. They're like, oh, you know, someone in Florida. Like they just, <laughs> yeah. so it was like that, like, you know, nothing crazy, but it was like, those were, that was like a perfect opener. And then that was a perfect closer for like where I was. And those would be, those would hit hard. Yeah. So I remember yeah, that Superman was probably my first closer, my first, you know, closing on, you know, sets like you know, what I mean, it's not like I'm headlining, like it's a, yeah. but like you know, if I had to do thirty minutes, like I was like, I was going to close on that. Yeah, it did. Did you um in your comedy class? Did you have like uh like some prompts you use or like mechanics that you still use today when you're when you're writing your new sets? Like, what do you mean? Like, like I remember I took a comedy class and they said, you know, write five facts about yourself, then try to write punchlines off of that. Um, and then using like the laughter triggers, like recognition or um, juxtaposition or, you know, small thing made big. Do you like have like boxes of things like that, you, that if you're having trouble with a joke you go to, or do you just kind of work it out till it works? No, I just kind of work it out. So, I mean, I wish I did like that's, uh it's, you know, like when you're writing stuff, cause it's like, I've had to deal with it uh, now with like when you shoot a special and uh, you have to get a new hour and like this last special, like I had to get a new hour pretty quick and people are really coming to these shows now and they know yeah. every joke. Yeah. And so at first, you know, you put a CD out you're like, I got to do new stuff. You're like, nobody knows you're dumb CD. <laughs> Right. So you're like, yes, try to get new stuff, but you, there's no pain. You know, you're like, but I don't want to repeat. Like, nobody's listening to your CD. Yeah. Nobody knows. Trust me. And then, uh, but then like, as you, as you, as it goes, and then you, people do start coming and then they are coming there for that reason. Then you're like, oh, I got to get new stuff. So there's like a panic, like this last special, uh, you know, and now I'm like super busy and I'm on the tour and I'm on the road. So it's like, I'm not doing like, I'm not like just home living life, which is where you get right. all your stuff. Uh, so it was kind of tough this time around. And I was like, in my head, I was like, there's got to be like a formula. You think there's a formula to write a bunch of jokes, but I don't, there just isn't. And or I, I don't know. It. <laughs> like, but you think like, all right, I'm going to like, I mean, I feel like I want to go back and read like comedy books and just be like, dude, I don't know if I know how to do comedy. Like, <laughs> question. I don't know how to come up with stuff. Uh, I don't have like a, you know, I know that I'm, I've got my voice down 
like enough that I know like I'm funny. Like, so I know anything I can say is, you know, is going up on stage is going to be somewhat like Louis said that once. He's like, everything I say is going to be funny. And so like, once you've been doing comedy for a long time, like, uh, it all like lots of Louis said makes sense. Whereas like, you know, once you do it a long time, you're like, once you get your voice and you get your thing and it's like everything you say is going to be funny. So then it's like coming up with stuff to talk about and you still want to make the joke, obviously. Uh, but it's like having the things to talk about. And like, I don't talk about like topical things really. And so it's like, you can't just go down a route like that. So then you like, you got to have, you know, some other stuff. And so I don't, you know, I don't know. Like I, now I think of like, if I can have, I've learned from this last thing. I need a, a closer is very important. So when you're writing a new hour, yeah, the quickest you can have a closer is the better. Because it's like you then, once you're able to know I can end, I have an ending. Then it's like, it just frees you up. Because the panic is, you know, if you're on stage and you have no closer, you can have 45 minutes of awesome jokes, but you're going to feel like a loser. Totally. If you go, I don't know how I'm going to get it. And then you're thinking about all these jokes that are not closer jokes. You're like, well, I got to make one of these a closer jokes. <laughs> and, you know, and if I could close on this one joke, you're like, that seems like it's the middle of a joke, but yeah. it's the biggest laugh. So you're <laughs> like, you're like, I guess I got to try to close. So you like need, I like what I finally got a closer and I don't, I'm not, I don't know if this closer will be my closer in a year from now, but mm -hmm. it works now. Uh, once I got that, I like relaxed a lot more. And I was able to like, I think even get material even better. Cause I just, nothing had that much pressure on it as that. Yeah. Well, what's that closer? I'm just messing with you. I'll bring a dog out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm all, I'm a hack now, dude. I just, bring, <laughs> I got a dog that comes out. Like, it's too hard. <laughs> well, that I mean, that is tough because you're right. You get to a position where you're at and your fans are are nuts for you. And a lot of people who had not been your fan watch your special, you know, the past couple probably. So people know your stuff and then you're on tour, you're doing the thing. And then, yeah, how do you um, get to a place where you can do more stuff that's relatable while balancing the crazy tour life and everything. Do you, do you have like a process for that or like things you want to make sure you're doing on a weekly basis? That's like normal people things. Yeah. I mean, I'm having to learn it now. Cause it's like, even today was like, you know, it's just running around and like doing stuff. And every day is like, kind of, you just have calls or you have like, you know, I'm producing some specials and we just put out a special Mike Vecchione on, on, uh, so like, well, I have two other specials that I directed and I have another thing that I'm going to do for some comics. And so you have like all this side kind of, it's not side stuff. It's part of what I want to do, but it's, it's all that stuff going on. And then you also like, you gotta, I would make myself like, be like, yeah, but the act is the main, that's how any of this stuff even exists is because of the stand up. So you do try to go, I looked, I went to Europe. Uh, you actually kind of can sometimes, Stuff that doesn't make the special. There's a lot of Burr stuff I learned. So Burr, I watched uh, when Burr is one of maybe two, three specials ago. I opened for him in Daytona. And his special came out the night before we did the show. And he had a whole new hour. And I was like, that's insane. Because this special just came out last night. 
And then I was asking him about it and he, uh, and it was so funny. It was, and, but he was like saying like, it's just stuff that never made the special, like never made specials. So you almost weirdly can over time, just like uh. stuff gets that doesn't make specials. And so you then at least have some kind of, like I cut 10 minutes from this special. Uh, and so I'm doing it right now. So it's like, and I've mixed it up. I've changed it a little bit. Like, you know, it was like stuff that was like, I could cut it. And then it's like, it kind of fits better now in the new hour. So it's like, you you know, that, that helped. Cause I was like, all right, you got, I got a 10 minute chunk. Yeah. Kind of build off of, I knew I wanted to talk about, I've talked about college some in this one. And I was like, so I knew I want to talk about college and like, I kind of, you kind of think about like, here's what I here's some stuff I want to talk about. And, uh, and so you, you just kind of do that. And then I would go to Zany's and you just kind of run a couple sets. You do it, you know, every night. I usually, when I'm building new, like after you tape a special, I'll open, I'll try to open with all the new stuff and see how far I can get and then do the old stuff. Uh, you know, before the special comes out and then yeah. you can get a good, you can like be like, all right, I got like, tw- I did 25 minutes tonight before I had to do something from the special. And then, and then you just slowly do that until you build it up. What about, um, <clears throat> crowd work? I don't do it, but you don't do it. No, I've, I mean, I've done it. I've I had to do it, you know, mm-hmm. and I've done it, but I'm not a good crowd work person. I'm trying to get a little better at like, you know, just so it's not such a wall sometimes, you know, where it feels like you go out and you do the show and there's no, you know, like this last special I asked, even I just asked the crowd, like, who's the, a lot of firstborn people here tonight and get an applause for It's like, even that just to show, just to have like some, you know, uh, interaction. That's a real interaction instead of just all this kind of act. Uh, but crowd work, uh, you know, I mean, I, a lot of my buddy, Big J Oakerson, just had a special, came out today. Uh, he's unbelievable at crowd work, one of the best. And so he does a lot of it. I know a lot of comics that do it. Norman, you know, Sam, they do that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't do it. I just like my, I like to have an act. And yeah. like, I just want to do the act and I want to do my thing. Uh, you know, I was never the best at crowd work in New York. I never was super comfortable doing it. It's uh, you would, you would have to do it. Cause when you're hosting, you'd be like, well, where, where are you guys from? Oh, you're from this. But i never, I just don't think I grab, I like never grab, uh, you know, like went towards it or whatever. Like, yeah, I never really, really did it much. And then like, it's interesting. Cause um, these days, you know, you kind of came up at the era sort of right before social media was how like all co- comedians were kind of, popping off to a degree um do you feel like the pressure to because i bring up crowd work because crowd work's a big that's a big video vehicle for people who are stand-ups who are trying to get video content out it's nice you don't burn your material or anything like that um do you find pressure like you've made it by the um any comedian who's out there today, your name comes up. It's like, oh, you made it, you know. But do you still feel pressure to do more social media stuff, or do you kind of not care about that? No, I do. I mean, I have a, I have people that run my social media, and we put clips out and put my special out and do the podcast. And 
do that kind of stuff. So yeah, I very much feel it. I don't have, I'm not involved in it. Like I knew, you know, it is, it's crazy to think that, you know, when I started, it was like YouTube wasn't, I, I would still send tapes. You would send it. Oh, wow. I mean, I, my first stuff is on VHS and this is like 2003, but it's still, that was VHS. Then. And yeah. <laughs> uh, then it was like D it was like these little things. Like, then you're able to do it on a smaller camcorder. And, uh, and I remember even when you would send, you would try to send a link to a, a comedy club to get them to book you. And like, some of them would be like, just mail us the tape. Like they didn't. And you're like, and it, but it's like, you're on the, you're like, I know, but look, I know this computer stuff's confusing, but this thing's so easy. <laughs> like, yeah, you just dude, have to click the button, dude. Yeah, you just click the button, dude, it's going to show up, and then maybe I can feature at your club in uh, Iowa. <laughs> uh, so it's – and then you, then YouTube came, and, I, like, I put a bunch of stuff up on YouTube, and, uh, you know, because you just didn't know what any of this stuff was. Uh, I, I, You know, the tough part, comics starting today – that's it's a very tough thing. I definitely am happy I started where I started, because uh, it's tough. Because it's there. I understand the crowd work stuff. I understand that you have to, you don't have to waste your material. Uh, that stuff is a way to really draw people in, and uh, you can't write enough material that for how much you need to put out, you can't write that much material. That would be good. Uh, that's just you know. So you, crowd work is like something that you can do. Yeah. Uh, so that it's very, it's hard. I would just say, you just want to keep an eye on like, what kind of crowd do you want coming to your shows? Like, do you want to do an act? If, you know, if you, if you're just doing crowd work, you're going to have people yell out stuff like, uh, Bill Burr, you remember his Philly rant? Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's what made him. So, so it was, I was in New York when that happened. So, uh, I remember talking to him. And that's really what topped it off. So he goes to Caroline's uh, after like a year after that or whatever it was after that. And so people in the crowd started just yelling the cities they're from, wanting him to just trash those cities. And Burr would just, I mean, and he had to do this at every club. He had to go and he's like, I'm not trashing your city. I'm not just going to become this comic that has to go around and trash these people's cities. Yeah. And like, I think I saw that and I, you know, and you're like, uh, it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, you don't want to become something that you don't want to end up having to do. Right. So that's the, I, it's, you're in a very tricky situation. A lot of the younger comics, they're in very tricky situations where you got to deal with that, but it's like, you got to have a balance of, it's like set the stand, you know, even if it's like you posted uh crowd work stuff you're like i do this at the last 10 minutes of my show just so everybody so people come see you they know you do it at the end or maybe you do it up top or you do it whenever you do it (laughs) whatever you want but it's you don't you know you don't i it's like you got to be careful at like and it seemed like nothing right now but if people start coming you just don't want to it's going to get tiring uh a full year of just Hey, you know, yeah, yeah, and and it's also, yeah, because you become known for that, and that's what that's what people do. It is tough to like build that set. I mean, that's kind of another thing, too. If you're known for anything, and then you get your fans starting to come, do you Mm -hmm. ever feel like you can't get a realistic um, idea of what's 
like funny or not because your fans crowd the shows and then you put something out. I don't think you've ever put out a, a bad special by anyone's imagination, but do you ever worry that like some of the jokes maybe that you're doing now as your fan base is growing are laughing because it's you instead of um, at the joke? Yeah, I'm worried more now about this new hour than I am of any hour. Uh, the last one, Hello World, I was very happy with. And I built that up. That was right after COVID. Uh, so I was at home. Uh, you know, I was able to gather a lot of material. Like, I went and did that material. And I was selling tickets and stuff. Like, uh, I was doing my own theater shows and all that kind of stuff. And stuff was... But... It was like, I mean, after this one, it's like at a different kind of level and where now they, it's like, you can tell they really know your rhythms and really know everything. So I'm very self-conscious about it. Uh, I always have comics on the road with me. So I always, you know, have people, you know, I'm like asking them, I'm like, does this feel like I'm just getting away with, they're happy that I'm there. Uh, you know, and it, if you constantly worry about that stuff, I think you're okay because you're yeah. aware about it. You're right. aware. And so like anything that you don't, someone doesn't want to be, as long as you worry about it, you're going to be fine. It's when yeah. you stop worrying about it. That's when it becomes, that's when you see the person not, they like, they buy into themselves and then they're not going to be that comic anymore. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like, is it, is it, does your wife, uh, do you ever test, like if you have a joke, like your notes section or whatever you say, you're writing stuff down. Do you first test out with her? Do you test out with a comic? Like who's the person you go to if you need to know right away, if some's going to kind of, uh, work or not you know, I, I'm not going to say it to my wife some, and then, uh, I'll, uh, some of the other comics are like, Hey, I'm saying this thing. Is this funny? You know, you're like, is this funny? And then you just kind of say it. And it's not even like it gets a big, you know, you're just trying to be like, right. Is that wording right? Like, or some of the guys on the road, I'll kind of say it, but a lot of it, I think, I mean, I just kind of think about it. Like, I mean, last night I was thinking, uh, what did I write down? Uh, last night was, I, I thought about just my set order. So I just thought like last night when I was laying in bed, I, I couldn't fall asleep. And I was, cause I was just thinking about my set. And I was thinking about the order and I was like, I want to open with this. I was the thing I was closing with. I, I have something that goes with this closing joke that kind of fits with about, I'll talk about college and then this closing joke kind of works. I talked with these two college kids, but I would rather open with the college stuff and not close with it. But I still need to have that joke at the end. Cause that's the only closer I really have. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of was like thinking like how, so I'll just be thinking like, how can I get that from, and the closing joke has a little thing with my wife in it. So I'm, so I'm like, well, I can just put it with the wife stuff. And then I'm like thinking of like, well, how do I merge, you know, how do you, how do I get into it to where it flows? You want everything, like you don't want them to realize that you change subjects. Yeah. Like you want them to, so it's like the placement of where everything goes. That's where I'm. That's how I think you become conversational. Is you just got to have it where you're like, I went to college. You know, I before I was like, my wife went to college, and uh, that's how I'd get out of it. I would do the wife stuff, and I'm like, my wife's a smart one. She went to college. I did not go to college. You know, now I'm in the college stuff, 
But like that segue, that's how you can make it where people feel like they're not even hearing a joke, but in your head, you're about to do eight jokes. Set list. Yeah. In your head. But you want them to not do that. So last right. night I kind of like got on that. And so I just think about like little stuff. Like I think I have what I'm talking about in this new hour. And so it's just now you just find little lines. You're looking for lines that go, Oh, I could put that line in there and that in there. And that is the stuff where I needed to get better at with crowd work, where I tend to, my brain like shuts off. Like, so like I'll get a new hour and then my brain is like, all right, we're done searching for material. Now let's fix it. Right. Right. And I'm trying to make, stop that. I have a really big problem with that. I've had it every, every year. I have a problem that I get in such a panic mode. Panic is your best friend when you're trying to come up with a new hour. Yeah. And you're, cause you're just like, you're, I mean, you're like, dude, I stink. I'm the worst comic. I'm, you know, yeah, and I'm there right now. Yeah. It'll never go away. <laughs> uh, it never goes away. You want it to go away. You think there's a system. You think there's an easy way. There's no easy way. Uh, it's not, but there's a panic and you can get, you will get this material because you just have to, you have to. There's the show's more. booked. The show's booked. It doesn't matter. You have to. So you just, you're figure something out. And, uh, and so just stay true to like you and then just make yourself come up with this stuff. You're going to come up with it. Whatever it's going to be, it, it might be completely different in a year. You just need to do it. And that's where like a closer helps. You at least yeah. know, well, I can get out on this. And even if you have to go, worst case, you're like close with like a greatest hits from an old special. And I, I was, if I ever did that, I would just say it. I would be like, all right, I got, I'm going to close with an old joke. And then, you know, I don't, I don't do that now, but I, if I have to do it when I'm bridging the gap, then you have to do it and you just, and you do that. Uh, yeah. Whatever you have to do. And then you try to get rid of that joke. Cause you don't want to, I don't think you want to completely always repeat. That's another thing I learned with Bird. You don't want to, you don't want just every time you go, they're like, what about this joke? Oh, they, cause so then you're like a, a, a band almost playing like the yeah. greatest hits kind of a thing. And when you got to write so much, it's hard to remember those jokes. You don't want to remember it. Like, I don't think you want to remember your old jokes because that means you're not moving forward. You've kind of stopped. Like I can, I can weirdly remember jokes from like 10 years ago, but I couldn't tell you, I don't know if I could do one joke from any Netflix special. And, and I don't, I don't think I could even repeat it. I don't, I don't really remember how they go. I mean, I could write, I'd have to listen to it and remember it like a song. Yeah. I can remember some stuff from 2010 because I, I worked on that stuff for 10 years. Right, right. But other stuff, you're like, you have a very short window with it, a couple years, and then you're usually put something on tape and then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, um, I put out uh, the special, uh, special I did, and it was very set listy. You know, it wasn't, it was very like the beats kind of a thing. And, um, because I had that f since the beginning and I had the I think I made the mistake of kind of wanting to include it all, you know, but I just knew I need to get it out there and just start doing um, stuff because what you were saying about like it, um, you being comfortable in an hour, 
And then the problem is that 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 puts a shelf life, I feel like, on the jokes because you don't believe it anymore or something, or you can tell that. The audience can tell. Well, that's why you need an ending. So even with a closer or even inside of a joke in itself, if you don't have a way out, it's hard to even play with a joke because then now you're searching for something. And so I don't do well. I could have a funny idea, but I'm like, I don't know how to get out of that idea. Not even, not the whole set list, just that one joke. It's like, I don't know how to get out of this joke. So it's not really, I, I don't even need to say it because I'm going to just, I'm going to just panic and like give up on it. And then I'll be in the middle of the set, just be like, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. And then I move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I've done that. Yeah. And so it's like, you don't want to get in too much, you know, and that, that gets a laugh. So it can work, but you're like, you don't want to become no. just a comic that does that every time. So you're like, if it happens, you just say it and let it happen. Cause it'll be organically like you just were like, I don't know, but you, you know, you can see sometimes when you see comics, you can see little stuff. That's like, you're like, that was a trick that worked. And then that person kept that tricked in. And then they, they end up taping that trick and you're yeah. like, Oh, that's a little trick. That's not a joke. You just, that worked one time. And instead of making the joke better, you just decided I'll just use this trick. Right. Right. You never make the joke better. Uh, but if you have an ending, if you have an out, you can play around with a yeah. joke. Cause you yeah. know, if it gets, if you, if you don't get a laugh and you get a little, whew, like a little nervous, I know I can get out of it right. on a, on a high note and then move on to the next joke. When you, um, have an ending for a joke. I feel like that's when you can do what you're talking about is like finding the rest on stage. Cause you're confident you can get out. Is, is that kind of. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, not, I mean, a closer is a big deal. And so it's, even if it's not going to be the closer, that's going to be your closer. Just how are you going to get off that stage? Yeah. And so if you know how to get off and that works with five minute sets to hour long sets, if someone's listening to this and they're, just starting, how are you going to get off that stage? If you at least know how to get off that stage and know you can end with a laugh, it it leaves you, you just feel much better with the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you see how weak the other stuff is. I mean, like, you know, there's some nights you think I got an hour and then you're like 40 minutes, you're like hitting your closer. <laughs> like uh, running off stage. Yeah, it's <laughs> no good. I mean, yeah. that stuff happens all the time. Like that happens to me a lot where you can start and you're like, well, this is not going like I thought it was going to go. And I time my sets out a lot based on that. Where like, you know, the audience could be quick laughers where they laugh quick and they stop. I just did shows in Amsterdam and they would laugh very, they would laugh hard then stop, you know? So it like, they don't, you want be a role. Yeah. So like, well, material can be 45 minutes long to 60 minutes long and it could be the same material, but just by the energy of the room could change. And so that one was like, you're like, all right, like, you know, and I maybe have a couple, I have a couple jokes that I don't say that I'm like, I can say if I feel like I'm kind of running through this quick. So I'm going to have to throw in some of these other jokes I don't say just to give me to the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't realize they laugh different in different places. I mean, I've only played the United States for the most part. Uh, but well, but you, have you, you've had a crowd that you like, 
you can tell like there's crowds that are going to be super hip and they get every single punch, every single tag. They're laughing at everything. And then you can have crowds that like are not laughing at the tags. They just laugh at the yeah. end of the joke. Right. Like so, a corporate show. Like a corporate show. Those yeah. you end up kind of breezing through that joke. Like, you know, there's no pauses because they're not getting the tags. So when they don't get the tags, you're like, you just basically say, you know, you just say you want to have another one with jokes too. It's good to have some outs. Like, how do you get out of this joke? If you, especially if you have a long joke, if you have a long joke, try to have some exit points. So <laughs> a few off ramps, yeah, a few <laughs> off ramps that are like, if I need to, I can make this joke a minute long, or I, it can be five minutes long. But if I need to get out of it because it's not working, I can get out of it. Right. right. You'd be able to do like if you have a like when you do your hour long set. You should be able to be like, well, what if you did that? You, you had to do a late. I always to think I think about like that a lot. Like, what if I have to do a late night set? Because it gets harder once you start doing an hour to come up with a five minute set because you're used to talking for an hour. Yeah. The time so, not really being an issue. Yeah. And so then you're but think about your set and go, what would you like your new hour now? You're like, what would you do if you were like, you got to do the Tonight Show tomorrow? What are you going to do? You're going to have to tighten stuff up. Yeah. So it's like, that's not a bad way to kind of like, all right, let me see. What would I, what would you do? Like if you go do spots around town and you're doing 10 minutes and you need, and you need to, like you want to destroy with your new material. Well, what do you, what are you going to do for that 10 minutes? You know? Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's almost like, I mean, I do a lot of sketches. So it's almost like, is this, you know, where you're just crushing punchlines into like 30 to 60 seconds? Like, is it going to give you, that many laughs it's almost a different way of thinking about writing it as opposed to i'll let this breathe i may find something here or there but that's just a lot of fluff on stage yeah 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 when they're there to see you and you have more time it's just a different it's completely different yeah um we got a couple minutes left i want to um respect your time here and you do not have to play this game, but if you want to, what is the last uh, note in your note section for stand-up? Um, could be good, bad, terrible. There's a few that I wrote last night. Uh, one's about my dad because I have I've talked about my dad getting older. My dad loves surgery, and uh, like he like he lo he'll have surgery in a heartbeat. Uh, oh, really? He loves getting uh, it. Love, I mean, he doesn't, but he also does. Like he'll. <laughs> If there's a way to instead of physical therapy where it's like, well, you could do this instead of surgery, my dad's gonna be like, well, let's just do the surgery. <laughs> uh, you know, and he doesn't, and then the doctors are like, well, you gotta be careful, and he's never careful, then it's like he's gonna end up being back to another surgery. So I have a I have another joke about that. And so like I just thought about that. So I wrote that down last night. Oh, That's nice. just kind of an add-on. And the other one is, uh, one was like, uh, how long did it take society to be okay with the rain? I mean, just some pretty crazy days of just like, what is this? Yeah. What is happening? Because it's pretty wild that the whole world just rains water. Yeah. And no one's, and we're not like, no one freaks out about it anymore. Right, right. Yeah. How many people, how many generations had to tell each other about that to realize that this is a normal thing? It's normal. And yet still, and maybe it's mostly a Midwest thing, 
anytime there's a weather issue, that's the first thing you're talking about and probably the only thing you're talking about with somebody you don't want to dive deep into your emotions with, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, that rain. yeah, that rain's crazy. You're like, yeah, it's raining here today. You're like, I know, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. God's yeah. car wash, tell you what. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Those are great. Those are great. Um, I'll say mine because that's how this game's played. I just wrote, the last thing I wrote was dressed like an off-duty priest. I don't know where I'm going to put that. I don't know if it's going to do oh, anything. Okay. But I feel like an off-duty priest, you know, so it'd be like, be like that, that shirt tucked in, like button-up shirt tucked in, you know, um, maybe no collar even, you know, yeah. you wouldn't know, but you kind of know. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, where it's like they could kind of tell. Yeah. Like an something. off-duty cop, where it's, you know, like an yeah. undercover cop, like where you're like, you're not really hiding it. Yeah. But, Yeah. yeah. You, like and you, you like to, to suss it out. You like, you, you know, you see if he wants a sandwich or something, you know, just see if he does the father, son, Holy ghost before he eats. That's a dead giveaway right there. You know? Yeah. You have lunch with him. You gotta be like, you just kind of, you wait to let him eat first. Cause you're <laughs> yeah. like, we're going to be praying or we're not going like, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's if, awesome. If does it, you're like, I knew it. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Knew it. Not, not a non-denom there. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, well, this has been so much fun, man. I wish I could talk to you for another hour, but uh, I, I do appreciate you coming on. And uh, just as a comedian, you know, coming up myself, it's just awesome to hear all your insight on it, dude. I appreciate that. Uh, look, I love talking uh, comedy. Uh, so, yeah, I love this, dude. It was awesome. Dude, thank you so much. Great talking to you, dude. Awesome. You too. We'll see you soon. Well, folks, that is it for another episode of the Cripescast. Special thanks to Nate for coming on. You can follow Nate at Nate Bargatze. It's N-A-T-E-B-A-R-G-A-T-Z-E. And same thing with a dot com at the end of it for his website. Make sure you follow him. Make sure you find him on tour wherever he is touring. You can find that on his website. And you can also follow the Cripescast at Charlie Barron or at Cripescast anywhere you get your uh, social medias. Just follow at Cripescast or at Charlie Barron's. Also, uh, Cripescast.com. Yeah, if you, if you need anything specific, clips, videos, all that sort of stuff. And our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Charlie Barron's. Thank you, Colleen. Yep. Shout out to Colleen Maraca, executive producer of the Cripescast. Also, shout out to... Hannah Milos for editing this sucker and all the others. All right. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the heck out of your uh, your deal and keep her moving and uh, watch for deer. Hockey dogs. Bye-bye. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down. Just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin. The Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot in the walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you got to keep her moving. 